0: The most active quartile did uh, about 35 to 40 minutes per day of of uh, physical activity uh, comparable to brisk walking, whereas the least active quartile did less than five minutes per day of that intensity.
1: We know that exercise is good for you. The WHO recommends at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity, aerobic physical activity each week. In this case, moderate means having a fast walk. Now that recommendation is built on evidence and that evidence relied on self-reporting of physical activity. That self-reporting might underestimate the amount of the lower kind of physical activity that people do, and at the same time overestimate the entirety of the exercise that they do. That's to say, people are saying they're doing more exercise than they actually are, and at the same time saying that what exercise they are doing is more vigorous than it actually was. That makes the meta-analysis just published on bmj.com particularly interesting. Now we can measure physical activity, we can give study participants accelerometers to use, and this meta-analysis pulls together all the studies which did that. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor for the BMJ, and earlier I talked to Ulf Eklund, one of the study's author, about their work and what it might mean for those recommendations on physical activity.
0: Okay, so my name is Elf uh, Eklund and I'm a professor uh, at the Norwegian School of Sports Sciences and my research interests are really focused on uh, physical activity, sedentary behaviors and public health and how physical activity may impact on, on population levels of health.
1: Yes. and. On that, um, I mean, we, we publish uh, a sports science journal, and I've seen a lot of research already that links sedentary behaviour to poor health outcomes. Um, and what you've done in this study is kind of really tried to, to quantify that using uh, some better measurement. But why was it you wanted to do this? Do we not already know that um, sedentary behaviour, lack of exercise is, is, uh, is bad for you?
0: well i think we we know quite a lot but we don't we don't know the details i mean the we know from from many previous studies that physical activity or high levels of physical activity is linked to reduced risks of uh, mortality and many noncommunicable diseases. but we really don't know the details these associations because most of previous work and previous studies have been conducted by, by self-report where respondents report their levels of physical activity or, or sitting time and then those uh, reports or, or those self-reported levels of activity are related to health outcomes.
1: Yeah, and in this, uh, as you said, it's, this wasn't self-reported. What you've done is use uh, accelerometers. Could you explain a little bit about how this uh, you know, came, came together?
0: Yeah, during, uh, during the last, I suppose, 10-15 years, the use of uh, activity monitors based on accelerometry has been quite popular, and they have now been included in, in some relatively large cohort studies, uh, especially in, in Western countries, in the US, UK, and Scandinavia. And we did a so we did a systematic review and tried to find all studies who actually have used these kind of devices for measuring physical activity and published data on on, on the associations with mortality. We also have some data ourselves from Norway, which we also included in, in, in this paper. The, the specific aim was to really understand how much of activity and what intensities of activity is, is associated with the risk of, of
1: mortality. And um, as you said, this is a, is a systematic review meta-analysis. Um, how good is the data out there? Do we have uh, pretty high-quality data? Um, or or is the uh, the data still a bit sort of iffy? I
0: think this is probably the best data we have to date, because it's uh, much more valid for, for for estimating the amount of time spent in different intensity level. For example, self reported physical activity, uh, people can f- probably quite accurately report their exercise habits. But it's extremely difficult to quantify more uh, other, uh, other habits such, such as light intensity activity, just moving around. And it's also very difficult for individuals to to quantify how much they are, how much time every day they spend sedentary. Uh, And mostly, most of those self report measures are, are usually an overestimation of physical activity, and potentially an underestimation of the amount of time spent sedentary.
1: Because mm, I suppose, of, of course, uh, we all know that um, physical activity is good for you, being sedentary is bad, and, and that might tr- lead to people self-reporting uh, a higher level of activity than uh, they than would otherwise. Mm,
0: yeah, no, that's ac- uh, ac- 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 absolutely correct. Uh, so, so with using accelerometers, we can get a much more precise measure of the amount of physical activity that people are doing uh, throughout the day or throughout the week.
1: Mm. So with your meta-analysis, can you tell me a little bit about the population? How big is it? How many uh, studies were in there? Um, any other sort of demographic details about who it is yeah, that you looked we, at this in?
0: Yeah, we, we, we included uh, eight studies and those eight studies comprised about 36,000 or slightly more than 36,000 individuals. They were mainly, or they were all of them from uh, the US, UK uh, and Scandinavia, and that's because there there is actually no other studies uh, using these uh, devices for for measuring physical activity in in other populations. Most of the participants were middle-aged and older individuals, But we also included three three of the eight studies were actually population-based samples. The study from Norway, Sweden and the US are population, one of the studies from the US are population-based samples, which might be more representative uh, of the general population.
1: Great. So there was a a pretty good mix of um, different ethnicities and and sex and, and all those other details in there.
0: That's true, yeah. Although there was uh, 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 predominantly more women compared to men in, in, in those eight studies. Uh, but I think the uh, the, the results, of, I would assume the results are fairly generalizable, un- at least for individuals or, or, or people in, in those countries in, involved in the studies.
1: Great, thanks. So when you crunched your data, um, what was the top line you found? Uh, you know, What was the main takeaway from, from this?
0: Well, there are, there are a few uh, key findings, I would say. And uh, the first key finding is that we, we, we found that all physical activity or the totality of physical activity, regardless of the intensity or how hard you perform the activity, was associated with a, a remarkably strong uh, risk reduction for mortality during the follow-up time and we follow these individuals in, in uh, the median follow-up time was about six years in the study
1: and um yeah when you actually looked at the sort of absolute uh, mortality and the difference between the, the most active and the least active quartile um you said there's about a five-fold difference there
0: yeah, that was that was really remarkable because when we, as you said when we compared the least active 25% of the population with the most active there was a, uh, almost a fivefold difference in absolute number of deaths uh, between these two, those two groups but it, what I think is also very important and very interesting is that the uh, there was a very strong uh re- reduction in risk just by comparing the first quarter with the second quarter and I think the risk was almost halved in the in the second quarter compared to the first quarter which which is quite remarkable and that's that's basically said yes that those ones who do little physical activity uh, or are more or less categorized as inactive they may benefit quite substantially from just increasing their levels of activity slightly
1: Mm. and can we just quantify what those those sort of quartiles of activity Because obviously at either end of the scale you might have marathon runners and and people who are are bedbound. but um you know how does how does activity sort of track across the population
0: yeah no that's 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 a very interesting question uh and it's probably most or e- easiest to address by comparing uh i could i could say for Total physical activity. The most active quartile was three times as active as the least active quartile of the reference group. If we if we try to quantify it in terms of uh, terms of time spent in moderate and vigorous intensity activities such as risk walking, the most active quartile uh, did uh, about thirty five to forty minutes per day of, of in t- uh, physical activity uh, comparable to brisk walking, whereas the least active quartile did less than five minutes per day of that in- intensity.
1: Wow! So just five minutes. I mean, you're, we're not yeah. talking about huge amounts of activity here, even in the, the most active quartile. Then D-
0: that, uh, the, the, that, that was the five minutes was was in the least active quartile. And yes, about th- thirty-five to forty in the most active. Five minutes isn't much, but we need to consider that these many of these individuals in these studies are, are older individuals and they did quite a lot of light intensity activity. So they did activities, they were moving around, but they didn't do much of what we, what we could say brisk walking.
1: Mm, mm. and i suppose this is the the bit the the takeaway for people listening to this when they're talking to patients about the, the the amount of physical activity is um you know what what's good what's optimum how much is it worth doing uh and i suppose from yours you this this is saying that even doing anything at all is uh has a massive um impact on on health outcomes
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, at least these results suggest that uh, doing nothing is obviously not good for you, but we could say that every every step counts and uh, just doing or trying to increase physical activity a little bit in each individual may have uh, have pretty strong uh, uh, reductions of risk for, in this case, we looked at mortality, but potentially also for, for other chronic diseases. Uh, and we, we think, I mean, if we compare the the total levels of physical activity, because we also tried to estimate the in this paper the uh, levels of physical activity associated with the maximal risk reduction. And the maximal risk reduction for total physical activity was very comparable to the mean activity levels in the repre- national representative sample of American men. And it was actually lower than the mid- mean levels in the, in the two Scandinavian samples from Norway and, and, and Sweden.
1: So at the beginning, I said, you know, we, that we've had a fair amount of research about this. And uh, obviously, as you've done a meta analysis, you know, you're building on that. How does this fit? into the picture of of what we know about physical activity and health
0: well the current recommendations for physical activity from the who uh, and recently updated in the us last year and i think uk will come out with new or i know the uk will come up with updated recommendations later this year suggest that uh, all individuals or all adults should try to accumulate 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity each week or 75 minutes with more vigorous intensity or a combination of those two and uh, what what we found here was uh, however the neither of those recommendations mentioned anything about light intensity activity and this is that's one of the research gaps we covered by this study it seems that light intensity activity uh, especially for those ones who are uh, elderly uh, may also substantially reduce the risk of death and i think that's that's uh, very important because maybe not everybody can can participate or do more uh, more moderate and vigorous activity but they can at least move around and uh, reduce the amount of sitting time and move
1: around. As now we've as been talking uh, uh, about activity here but you know the the, <laughs> the flip side of the coin is is sedentary behavior and and just doing nothing sitting down or, or lying down. Um, and you found some interesting results there. Yes,
0: I, th- I think so. I think uh, I think you're perfectly right that uh, sedentary time is probably the flip side of the coin to physical activity because I've, in my opinion I think it's a continuum going from being Sitting or sedentary into light intensity activity, where you move around, and then more, more moderate intensity, like brisk walking, and, and then uh, up to vigorous and very vigorous intensity activity. But we we also try to estimate the or quantify the amount of sedentary time associated with an increased risk of of uh, mortality. And we found that uh, being sedentary for more than about nine and a half hours per day was associated with, with uh, an increased risk. and That's uh, somewhat different compared to previous studies or uh, using self-reported uh, sitting time. They have quantified the increased risk of about six to eight hours. So that's, uh, our estimate is a bit higher. Maybe suggesting there might be differences in the assessment methods, but it may also suggest that uh, you could you could sit for quite a long time every day, which may which could be co- counteracted by by being physically active for the remain remaining time of the day.
1: Now, given that uh, this is something that you studied, what do you think the barriers are to us uh, as a population um, doing this? Uh, you know, it, it seems almost extraordinary that people can only do five minutes of um, of walking or, or whatever it is mm. in a day, um, and that's a whole sort of quarter of the the population.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, am afraid, or I think we have, I think we have engineered our society into a sedentary society. I mean, we have, uh, we have automated many, many. Uh, Uh, things in in, in the society. We have escalators, we have lifts rather than stairs. We have the opportunity to take a car every time we're going to do something even if we're just going to go for a a very short transport or going to to the grocery store and so on and so forth. And uh, I think this is uh, not only an individual uh, or a question for individuals, it, it is actually a question for, for the entire society and I think we need to try to rethink uh, how we organize our society, both, both on it, when it comes to public transport and uh, making opportunities for walking and cycling and all those things. And those, uh, those or such changes will probably also have not only have an impact on population health, but they will also have an an impact on, on, so to say, global health because it might go hand in hand with reducing carbon dioxide emissions, etc.
1: Absolutely, and uh, we've published uh, before on things like active uh, commuting and things, and um, obviously this is just more evidence that that kind of uh, thing will have a, a big effect on population health.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, it, it requires, I think it requires substantial changes in the society, but I think that that's needed both, uh, both for the, the, the climate and for, for uh, population health or public health.
1: Mm. So that's what can be done overall. And then I'm just wondering about for individuals. Within this, you said that the people in the, the highest quartile of activity were doing about 35 minutes of, of um walking or or whatever a day do we know anything about the um the dose response sort of beyond that quartile uh you know is it worthwhile taking up jogging doing um you know i don't know going to the gym and and doing more vigorous activities that just do we know anything about the dose response sort of beyond what this this study looked at
0: well well, from from this from this study we couldn't say much We, we we, we noticed that those ones there was a dose response association between more vigorous intensity activity and mortality. But the results of the strength of those associations were not as strong as the for for example, for moderate intensity activity. But that was explained by there were so few people who really did any vigorous intensity activity. But my my personal opinion, and it's also backed up by by uh, other studies, preferably studies or, or uh, specifically studies using self-reported data, suggesting that vigorous intensity activity is beneficial for health. So I think every everybody who do more vigorous intensity activity, go jogging or going to a gym or whatever they're doing, they should obviously continue doing that. Doing that. So this this study doesn't preclude anything of more vigorous intensity activity and uh, my, i'm i'm myself a keen exerciser and i will definitely continue doing my exercise as much as i'm <laughs> doing regardless of the results of this study
1: absolutely um great well uh, a little bit there for population level a little bit for city planning and a little bit for uh the individual um ulf thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today
0: thank you very much it was a pleasure
1: You've been listening to Ulf Eklund talk about the systematic review and meta-analysis, dose-response associations between accelerometry measured physical activity and sedentary time, and all-cause mortality. Now that, along with an editorial and an opinion piece, are available online on bmj.com. Links, as always, in the podcast text. That's it for this episode. But if you've made it this far and you haven't yet, you really should subscribe. We're in all the places you'd usually look for podcasts, so find us there. We'll be back next week with more on our wellbeing campaign. But until then, I'm Duncan Jarvis. Thanks for listening.